0: In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure: cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society (LLS) will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org slash big climb. Again, that is lls.org slash big climb. Yo, yo, welcome to another episode of the Clip City Podcast. I'm your host, Yovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. Today, I am joined by my colleague, Brett Dawson. He's a Clippers writer. He's a Lakers writer. He's an NBA writer at large in LA. Brett, how are you doing? I'm doing like everybody, Yovan. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah. I'm here. I'm, weird question. I'm, it's a loaded question. I know.
1: It's, it's hard anymore. It's like uh, I told somebody that whoever writes the movie of this time, the title should be like, How You Holding Up? Because that's the thing. Yeah. That like everybody you haven't heard from in in six weeks texts you. But you know, healthy. Uh I got a little foster dog with me right now. He's looking at me as I record. He's kind of livening things up for me. So it hasn't. You know, it hasn't been all bad.
0: I, I feel like the go to answer with that is like I'm okay. You know, just. But I'm like I'm kind of waiting for the one person to just be like I, I'm a wreck. Yeah. Like I, you know, like the, This is. I, I'm anxious. I'm. I'm. You know, and I think everyone's kind of dealing with some level of that right now.
1: Yeah. I, I watched um, Groundhog Day the other night. Uh, it just kind of showed up on Netflix as like a suggestion. And I hadn't seen it in a long time. You know, It's a long time since I saw it. And it was just like such a quarantine movie. There's a moment in the, in the middle where Bill Murray is at a bowling alley and he's drinking with these two locals. And he says, like, what would you do if you just kept living the same day over and over again and nothing you did mattered? And I was like, yeah, that's a little heavy for me right
0: now. This is, this is sort of how life feels it's kind of where we are right now um unfortunately but as always i hope everyone listening is is healthy and safe and getting by as best they can right now but some potential good news for all of us basketball fans if you're listening to this podcast i assume you're not only a clippers fan but a, a basketball fan uh, overall the nba seems to be on the cusp of returning uh it does seem like friday you know we're recording this on a wednesday afternoon Friday is the Board of Governors meeting with all the owners and Adam Silver. There most likely will be some type of announcement post that meeting uh, w- with some indication of where we are at. As, as things stand, it looks like we're going to be going to Orlando. Uh, the, the NBA will be quarantining in Orlando at some point, starting most likely in in you know mid to late July. Uh, there, there will be some playoffs. We don't really know the format yet. Most likely it will be four seven game series, but the the lead into that, you know, could be a, a play-in tournament. It, it could be uh just normal eight teams per conference and and just the, the 16 team pool could be a one through sixteen receding where where you'd have you know multiple east versus west series and actually as things currently stand that would potentially set up a Lakers Clippers championship, you know, battle LA. So you know there's a lot of hypotheticals being thrown out right now. Uh, But for the Clippers sake, uh, it is encouraging that, you know, it does seem like there will be some resolution to the season. I have said multiple times, I think it would be a disaster for year one of Kawhi PG to not have a resolution. And of course, it would be very disappointing for the Clippers not to win the championship and, and to lose in the semifinals, conference finals, finals. But I think the Clippers could at least walk away from the season Knowing that they had a shot, and, and you know it didn't work out in that case, but not knowing, I think, would be just torturous, and, and it would be another all-time Clippers what if, and and probably be the worst uh, of any of them because this, on paper, seems to be the best shot they have at a, a championship. What are you? What's your outlook really on the, on the Clippers where they were at before the All Star break, and and you know they're, they're seven and two, had a league best eleven point five net rating, and, and kind of. Your thoughts, just you know, broadly, with them heading into the postseason.
1: Yeah, I think what's interesting about them, and it's interesting about everybody to a certain extent, right? Is that like what does the body of work that we've seen to this point mean after all this layoff? I mean, this is a completely unprecedented situation in that we're going to have these teams who effectively have had an off season in between, you know, the end of their regular season and the playoffs, and whatever. You know, we don't know exactly what it'll look like in between. As you said, there might be some kind of Play-in situation, maybe there will be some exhibition games, maybe the league will only bring back playoff qualifiers and they'll play some exhibitions against each other um, before they move into the playoffs. Whatever the case might be, I think the question we have for every team, and I I think specifically there's an interesting piece of this about the Clippers, but it's just what are they after all this time? How long does it take to get back to where they were? I mean, I think how great they were playing after the All-Star break might not mean a lot because, you know, that was a small sample. With a, a relatively changed team, I think that's one of the things that's interesting. Jared Dudley last week talking uh, you know, with Lakers beat writers was talking about the uh, if you made some moves, and he wasn't talking. He did talk specifically about the Clippers at one point in that call, but he was not talking specifically about the Clippers here when he said, if you're one of those teams that made deadline moves, you didn't see a whole lot of your team. And so you come back and like, what's your team look like? And so the Clippers are a little different team. They added some pieces, you know, Reggie Jackson at the end there, uh, Marcus Morris. So, like, what do they look like with those guys? They haven't seen a ton of it. They looked good when they when we saw them, but just like after all this time for them, for the Bucks, for anybody, who are they when they come back? I think is a really fascinating piece, and I think particularly intriguing with them, just given how little we saw of the team. They're gonna be in the playoffs,
0: and that's why I know everyone's talking about there being an asterisk on this season. But to me, this might be the most impressive championship of all time yeah. because we, we've we never seen this circumstance happen before. I mean, obviously, you know, this is a once in a lifetime, hopefully, you know, event and in, in pandemic and stuff. But we've seen the lockout scenario where it's a condensed season, you know, teams are playing more back-to-backs, they're playing, um, you know, fewer games overall, but but more games in a compact schedule. And we, we have seen an uptick in, in injuries in some cases. and. Weird post seasons, like you go back to that 1999 postseason where you had the Knicks make the finals as, as an eight seed, and you know
1: yeah, we and a uh, and a Patrick Ewing injury. They were the whole, yeah. they ran the whole gamut uh, in that, the, that the,
0: post-season. the the Ewing theory and all yeah. that stuff. Like we've seen weird stuff happen. You know that that 11 12 season, what was the first heat season uh, that that they won, and um, you know some people put an asterisk on that, and I, I just think like there probably will be some type of asterisk on this. But, you know, by the time the postseason resumes, it'll have been four and a half months off. And and we've never seen, you know, a team basically have an offseason and go straight into the playoffs. Like it, it would basically be like the preseason being the playoffs. And we, we've seen how bad preseason basketball is. You know, to me, whichever team ends up winning the title, barring, of course, injuries happen and and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen if if someone tests positive and and you know does that just player have to quarantine you know like what, how does that work you know maybe a team somehow gets one of their stars gets it and and they have to quarantine and that basically you know means the team loses around earlier or something that, than they would have but I do think whoever wins the titles is going to deserve it the most because everyone had the same disadvantage of being off for four and a half months you know everyone is going to have the same. Two to four week training camp, whatever they decide. And it was really just about who stayed in shape, you know, who wanted it the most. A big theme for the Clippers has been win the weight. It's now one of their marketing slogans. They they trademarked it. Doc has been talking about it in every interview he's done, win the weight. And it's really been this motivational tactic of like, you know, we're the hungriest. We want this the most. Like, let's work the hardest in quarantine to stay in the best shape possible and when we go into the playoffs you know we're going to be the, the the team that's the most ready and that's kind of been you know the clippers rallying cry in quarantine is one of the wait so i do think overall whatever happens um you know it's not a conventional champion by any means but that team will have survived four and a half months off and, and you know gone into whatever playoff format they decide and ended up winning it and and that to me is is very impressive
1: yeah to me in terms of like you know, we, we've talked a lot about this idea of the the asterisk being on the season. To me, if you play four rounds of seven game series, uh, you, you don't need an asterisk. Now, if they change the format in any way, it has to be reflected for the official record going forward. But like, if they just play four playoff series, and that's how you get there, you know, you advance uh, through your conference, and then you you win. Or if you change, you know, if you if you advance uh, in a one through sixteen format or whatever. Um, If you just advance the way you always advance to me, it's not the asterisk to me is like to denote that this was different. But I don't think there's anything that cheapens this title. Like you said, this will be more challenging. You know, Shaq was one of the, the the big people that threw out the idea of the asterisk. And I think Shaq was looking at it in a in a way of saying the title is cheapened. I don't think so at all. I don't think the title will be cheapened. You know, there are some things you won't have to go through. You you know, you you won't have to. Uh, nobody in the East has to go to Toronto where it's tough to win or, you know, like whatever you're you're uh Denver you know uh Denver's going to lose out on on having not only a great crowd but the the the, the altitude so they they're, they're going to lose that advantage and you won't have to beat them in that um but you're still going to have to overcome these insane circumstances of of probably being in essentially a bubble city you know they're probably you know uh, as we've heard over the last week there'll be some opportunities for players maybe to get out and about a little some restaurants that are established for them to use golf courses whatever but but the, the, the adversity will be real here. because it'll be a circumstance nobody's ever been through. So your, your regular season fight to win the home court, it doesn't matter. And you know, your, your playoff experience, it still matters, but it doesn't matter as much because you're not going to have the same stuff you've had to overcome in the playoffs before. Everybody's sleeping in the same bed every night, so you, you won't have those advantages. The travel thing is gone. Um, and so you're, you're going to have to have a very different kind of mental focus, and I think what makes it tough. Is just that it's a kind of focus you cannot prepare for. So the Clippers can talk about win the weight. And I think that's a great idea for them. You know, stay connected as a team, stay on target, stay focused, um, stay locked into your workouts and all that. But like, it doesn't help you know what it's going to be like when you get there. And the Clippers are going to walk into a playoff scenario, just like everybody else, where everybody will be learning on the fly. And so what you've done in the past, Kawhi Leonard's titles and his, his finals MVPs, like that stuff just it matters in the sense of it, it 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 has it is a great player who knows how to perform on a big stage, but the stage will be so unlike anything anybody has done before.
0: Well, and that's another reason why I, I think this title is going to be even harder because, as you just mentioned, no home court advantage. Yep, I guess for the Orlando Magic, kind of. <laughs> uh, but but <laughs> yeah, but there, there won't be fans. <laughs> so I mean, like, and they won't be in their own homes. So like, it's still yeah, some exactly. disadvantage. I guess
1: there is a. I guess Orlando. I guess that's fair they get but, but, but I mean
0: there's no crowd. So right. Re- really you know the the Lakers, the Bucks, the Clippers, you know the the top seeds in their conferences, they don't have that home court advantage anymore. So, you know, that gives if anything like this is kind of helps I think some of the lower seeds because they don't have to go on the road and and play, you know, in some of these intimidating arenas. Mm-hmm. And then I also like I do think there's a advantage for younger teams in a sense because how many times do we see older teams underperform in the regular season? Um, maybe get off to slower starts, and how many times have we seen a guy like you know for Clipper fans? One of the more recent examples was Paul Pierce went from you know the one postseason in 2015 with, with the Wizards, you know hitting playing crunch time minutes, playing you know 35 plus minutes um hitting you know game winning shots in the playoffs to that next um you know fall basically being washed up as a clipper and being nothing like him, himself and that was only a few months later so we do kind of see with guys once you hit your early 30s that drop off is is random but it's very steep and, and I you know I am just thinking like it would not surprise me if there are multiple guys who are in their early to mid 30s who just see Start drop-offs and and you know are no longer starter level, rotation level, whatever. Um, and, and I think that can affect some of these older, better teams because you know m- most of the time, if you're a b- really good team, you are kind of veteran heavy. You are you know a bunch of guys in their late 20s, early 30s, guys in their prime, you know entering their prime, leaving their prime. Uh, but you rarely see young teams be really, really good. Uh, but one team that is. Kind of in that scenario of being a really good young team is Boston. And that's why I think Boston to me is kind of if they do stay with the conferences, Boston is a dark horse for me um, to to actually make it out. You know, they're one of the youngest teams in the league. They have a bunch of young guys with with young legs. And I I think they're a team that could potentially benefit from this just because those guys are, you know, so young, in such good shape. uh, They can afford to take some time off, uh, whereas some of the older teams, Toronto, Philly, Milwaukee has some older guys like those legs might not be the same after four and a half months off.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, I mean, just what we talked about with the unknown of this, if you're young, if you're a young team now, Boston's got lots of playoff experience. But if you're a team like Memphis, I think your lack of playoff experience does get uh, undercut a little here. It's not I don't think it's quite as meaningful because if you're Memphis and if if they stick with conferences, if they're playing the Lakers, the Lakers' playoff experience, sure, it matters, but you know they haven't played this way yet either. So both teams will be going into a, a completely new situation. So I do think youth can can I, I think it's the 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 youth gap or the age gap is minimized a little on a couple different levels uh, in this format. Most likely, the thing that interests me about the Clippers, and I, this this is not in any way meant to sound like a backhanded compliment. I really mean that I think this is interesting. If you look at the Bucks and the Lakers. Those two teams had a different mission in the regular season than the Clippers. The Clippers were not going to be healthy at the beginning of the year, and they knew that. And so there wasn't this thing from the get-go to say, let's get home court, which the Bucs obviously want. The Bucs want to have home court to play whomever. You know, Now they're not going to get this, but but setting out to start the season, they want to play the Western Conference team with home court advantage. That's important for the Bucs. There's no question. The Lakers won at home court. I think that's very clear. The Lakers set out to get the one seed in the West, preferably the one seed in the NBA, but certainly in the West, they committed themselves to a regular season of doing that. That wasn't what the Clippers were trying to do. They, they weren't going to have Paul George. And I do wonder if there's some deflation for a team like the Bucs or the Lakers. You work so hard to get this thing that's not there anymore. And, and I do wonder if that might be a little bit of a psychological advantage for the Clippers who go into this saying, hey, like, it, it sucks that we're not going to have some home court games." It sucks that we're not going to have a home crowd for the games that we do have. But, like, they didn't set out to say, we need our home court advantage for these playoffs. We have to have that um, and then have it taken away. They're just going in knowing, hey, we got to win games, which is the way they were going to go in anyway.
0: And and to be honest, I do think it potentially helps the Clippers in a hypothetical series with the Lakers because the, the truth is, you know, the Clippers crowd has gotten a lot better over the past decade. You know, it used to be, Going back to uh, like the early to mid 2000s, you know, I I remember seeing it in the LA Times. Like, you know, the the Clippers were one of those teams that would always be promoting other teams. And it was like, come get this package to see LeBron and Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan and really not even promoting their own players and their own stars. It was all about come see other teams. And and that was kind of how the Clippers had to market themselves. And I, I think for a while that kind of hurt them. Because they would, you know, LA is such a transplant city that you would draw in. You know, I remember in, in some of the early Blob City years, you'd play Boston and there'd be a bunch of Boston fans there. You'd yeah. play even smaller, like, you know, Utah. There'd be randomly a bunch of Utah fans at games and just kind of on and on. Like most relatively big cities would have decent, you know, uh, visiting crowds at, at Clipper games. And that has gotten a lot better. I mean, there still are the cases of, you know, the Lakers and, and maybe the Warriors and, and a few other teams where it can be a pretty big, rowdy crowd. But yeah,
1: Boston this year, right? Like Boston still, Boston had a lot at the Laker game too. The Celtics fans yeah. are just, they're there. I mean, they're, they're, every, they're, they're everywhere.
0: So, um, But I, Portland
1: I, too, I went to both Portland Clipper games uh, this year and was surprised by
0: the number of Portland people in the crowd. Like they get, they get some people. No, so it's, it's not solved by any means. But I do think, you know, specifically in a, a Lakers Clippers game, like, You'll still see at at Clipper games. You'll see Laker fans, and they're not even playing the Lakers. Like it'll be, <laughs> yeah. it'll be Cl- Cl- you know Clippers Grizzlies, and there's like you know twenty Laker jerseys in the crowd, and you're just like you know Laker fans are just showing up to the games for whatever reason they want to see basketball, they want to troll the Clippers, whatever. But I, I do think we have seen that it's it's no surprise that LA does trend towards the Lakers heavily. So obviously, Laker home games are going to be Laker home games, but. There is this kind of like almost 50-50 split yep. and, you know, for Clipper home games, and they would no longer have to deal with that. I do think that that is a, a you know, theoretical advantage for the Clippers if they do face the Lakers. It really is an even playing ground, um, you know, no fans. Um, you know, they'll change the jerseys for games one and two versus games three and four, but I think that could be something that actually plays into the Clippers' advantage.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it's taking away something the, the Lakers expected to have. You know, the Clippers, for them, they, they would know. Like, they, they've played the Lakers. The last game they played against the Lakers was awesome. Um, and it, was, it felt like a Final Four game. It was like you know an NCAA tournament where both teams have a bunch of fans. It had that kind of vibe to it. High stakes, both teams really wanted to win. Uh, the, the Lakers expected to have that if they got into a playoff series. Jared Dudley said last week that could have been seven home games for us. It's not exactly right. It's you know it's more like four home and three neutral. But I, I do think it's something the Lakers were expecting in a, in a in a in a Clippers series, and so it's it's an advantage that's stripped away from them. For the Clippers, it's you're not having an advantage taken away. You never expected to have a, a dominant home court advantage in a series against the Lakers. So uh, the the fact that you're losing it, whatever you can kind of roll with it. I, I do think the Clippers were built this year, particularly because of the PG injury. To me, they were built to be a team. That, was, that hit its stride at playoff time, and they can still be that team. So that to me is the thing. Everybody wants to be playing their best, but there were teams that had different goals about the regular season that have now been stripped away, and the Clippers just haven't had that taken away from them, and I, I just can't help but think that that is meaningful for them.
0: Are you still wearing polo blue from your high school girlfriend? Are you walking into Sephora to get cologne and being overwhelmed by all the choices? Or do you wear Old Spice? And girls, think you smell like their dads. Look, smelling good is important, and Hawthorne smells really good. Getting Hawthorne cologne is so easy. Take a quick 2-minute quiz and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are best for you, one for work and one for play. And it's totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an e and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use my promo code Athletic to get ten percent off your first purchase that's hawthorne.co and use my promo code Athletic to get ten percent off your first purchase hawthorne. c o So let's bounce around the different playoff formats quickly here um, and just kind of discuss what it would mean for the clippers. so you know theoretically, if they go straight to the postseason. Their postseason path would be the Mavericks in round one, which I've, or you know, I've done multiple breakdowns on the Athletic about that series. Uh, did a podcast on that series. Um, I, I will bring some of that stuff back. And actually, interestingly enough, if they reseeded one through sixteen, they'd still play the Mavericks in, in the first round. So <laughs> most likely, they're going to be playing the Mavericks. Straightforward, like normal playoffs, they play Dallas in round one. Round two, they play the winner of Denver Houston, which I think that would be a six or seven game series that would be hard fought. I don't even know who I'd pick right now if I if I really had to think about it. I, I think both teams offer different problems for the Clippers, but I think if you ask them who they'd rather face, it would probably be Denver, uh, even though Jokic is so good, and, and you know center spot has been a, a little bit of a problem for them when going up against really set really good centers. I do think that, you know, uh, Harden and and Westbrook present their own problems and they're a team that does have more wings and guards and and can probably match up a little bit better with the Clippers. Then, of course, conference finals, Lakers, and then finals would be probably Bucks, but could be Celtics, Raptors, Sixers, I think any of those four. If it goes to 1-16, through which I think is probably the second most likely scenario, um, you know, maybe a play in tournament is the second most likely scenario, but that wouldn't really affect the Clippers you know, maybe they end up playing like Memphis or Portland or, you know, that gets reseeded a little bit uh, where they have a different first round matchup. But I think I'd rather play one of those teams than than Dallas, uh, you know, personally. So in the case of a one through 16 reseeding, the matchups would be Milwaukee one versus 16 Orlando, number two Lakers versus number 15 Nets, number three Raptors versus number 14 Grizzlies, number four Clippers versus number 13 Mavericks, number five Celtics versus number 12 Sixers, uh, number six Nuggets versus number 11 Pacers, number seven Jazz versus number 10 Rockets, and number eight Heat versus number nine Thunder. So for the, the Clippers, they'd be in that four or five. They'd play Dallas, and then the next round, they'd get the pleasure of playing <laughs> either Boston or Philly, Yeah, which I, I think they would probably rather play the Nuggets or Rockets over the Celtics or Sixers. That That would be my guess. Uh, the Celtics match up with the Clippers as well as any team in the league, and then the Sixers give them a bunch of problems with their size and, and Joel Embiid. Then after that, you'd be playing the the winner of either the Bucks or the Heat Thunder, and then you'd be playing theoretically the Lakers or the Raptors in the finals. So that to me is a harder path for sure.
1: A hundred percent. I think cause you've got to. So, like the thing about you know when do you play the Bucks and when do you play the Lakers is kind of immaterial. The the whoever wins the title is probably going to have to go through uh, two of those teams. Like right? If the Lakers win, they're going to have to beat the Clippers and the Bucks. The Bucks, if if we go this route, would probably have to beat both the Clippers and the Lakers. You know, like to get to, to the title, You're, you you got to beat great teams. To your point, the thing the Clippers don't want. It's not about the fact that you just have to beat somebody great down the road. It's that I just don't think you want to play Boston that fast. And I, I do think that's that's a scary second-round matchup. Now, if you're Boston, you also don't want the Clippers. Um, that's a I mean, you look at that road for Boston also, very tough, because you don't know what Philly's going to be um, coming back off of all this. You know, are they healthy? Are they who knows how happy they'll ever be? But, you know, we don't know exactly what Philly's going to look like. But assuming Boston gets by that, you don't want the Clippers. I've been one of those people all year long, and, and I'm probably – uh, the little bit of bias from having covered Westbrook the last few years. I, I've never worried about Houston for the, the the Clippers, even though they've played them well in the regular season and there's some history or whatever. I, I just don't think, I think the fact that you've got Paul George to float uh, between both of those guys, uh, Westbrook and Harden, and then you've also got Kawhi. You've just got so much defensive versatility. But Boston, as you said, Boston has a lot of offensive versatility on the wing. They've got a lot of different things they can throw at you. That's just a series you don't want to have to play in the second round if you're a title contender. And that is a weird quirk of this one through 16 thing, which I think seems fair on one level, but that is one place where it's, it really kind of throws a monkey wrench into it.
0: Yeah, and you know, Philly as a 12 seed is insane. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it, it's like you have Indiana at 11. I think Philly's better. Houston at 10, that's close. Thunder at nine, I think Philly's better. Heat at eight, I think Philly's better. Jazz at seven, I think now that Bogdanovich is out, Philly's yeah. better. And then you get into the top six where y- you could you know, I, I think all those teams you you'd probably put ahead of Philly right now. But that yeah, that's a that's a crazy path. And I actually think Dallas is another one of those teams, you know, we we talked about Boston. We talked about Memphis. Dallas is another young team that yep. does not have a lot of playoff experience. And and that could be, you know, potentially an issue for the Clippers. Like, you know, Lucas Luca, but Chris Haps, Porzingis had been playing a lot better the last month and a half of the season. Um, you know, both of those guys are under 26. Neither right, has been in the playoffs, right? Porzingis. Porzingis. Neither has been in the playoffs, but Tim Hardaway Jr., uh Maxi Kleba, Jalen Brunson, you know, Dorian Finney Smith. Uh they, they got a pretty young roster. And I just think you know that that they do have the, the formula of a team that could to me pull off an upset and really you know I, I Said this before, like I would not be shocked if they pushed the Clippers a six or seven games. Now that being said, the Clippers have the best, in my opinion, the best array of defensive talent to throw yeah. at perimeter players, and they they defended Luca really well in the reg in the, the two regular season matchups. I think my official prediction was Clippers in five, and and that's what I'd probably stick with. But yeah, I mean, w- once you get to that Boston Philly range, that that that's a really interesting matchup and i think both teams while on paper might not be as good as denver or houston uh, i think they they probably provide more matchup issues for the clippers but there there's some other options here you know you have the play in tournament which it seems like uh, again probably wouldn't affect the clippers as much but this world cup thing I, I think is really interesting i just think it's so radical that there's no <laughs> way they get enough owners on board with this me too you're really opening up pandora's box of like multiple high seeds getting upset right because it, it yep. would be from my understanding a single elimination um or you know you'd have pool play and you'd then have teams like a group stage, right so you yeah and
1: yeah so it'd be a group stage and then you play everybody in your group twice i think is how that works so i guess you have to play everybody twice so i guess you can't get knocked out with one elimination Right, because you have to play everybody in the group twice, but you can't get knocked out in group play. I guess.
0: Yeah, that, that's where. So I, I feel like what once you advance, it would almost be like the Olympics, where yeah. you know you have your pool play, then you get into the group play of. You know, it would almost be single. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that would be seven game series. Maybe it'd be group play to determine who plays right. seven game series. I, I don't know what they would decide, but and we also don't know. Would it be twenty teams? Would it be thirty teams? Would it be twenty four teams? Like, right. h- how would they? delineate that but you, you can't have a, a bad stretch otherwise yeah. you know if, if you're in a a pool of or you know a group of four or five teams you know it, losing two or three games could potentially eliminate you yeah again like you, you have a team like philly that is 12th in, in record like the bucks would be one of the top seeds the lakers the clippers the raptors and and i don't know how many groups there would be but some group would have Philly as like the three seed in that group. And that would be really tough.
1: Kevin O'Connor did one on the ringer just that was random. He did a random number generator. So basically uh, put the teams into tiers. And so you got five tier, four groups of five teams. So you have 20 teams. So the tier one teams would be the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, and Clippers. Then you have tier two, tier three, tier four, and tier five. And that's just a random draw to figure out which team from each tier goes in. So for example, like you said, in in the situation he did, just a random number, uh, the Bucs are the in group one. The Bucs would be the, the top tier team. Then the Jazz are second. The Sixers are third. The Grizzlies are fourth. The Blazers are fifth. That's scary if you're the Bucs. It's not like I mean, like they're still the best team in that field, obviously. It, it is a wild thing to think about introducing in this playoffs where there's already this incredible variable of like, what are these teams going to be when they return? Um. So the idea of throwing out anything that makes it easier for the better teams to get eliminated to me, this is why I don't think teams are going to go with it, because it just seems like, hey, this is already a big enough mystery. Do we want to introduce a situation where like, what if the Bucks and Lakers both lose early? Like, do we do, do we want to introduce this possibility into the equation?
0: Yeah, so I just pulled up that article right now for the Clippers. You got. Them at tier one, the Nuggets at tier two, Pacers tier three, Nets tier four, Clippers or uh, Kings tier five. And the Clippers would sign up for this bracket. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's, that's the that's the other thing I think is a problem is like people already talk about well the NBA regular season who cares you talk about undervaluing the regular season if you just look at this random generator that we're talking about here look how much tougher it is on the Bucks who would be the the top uh, tier one team versus the Clippers who I think technically are the bottom. Uh, tier one team by record because the Raptors I think have a better record.
0: Group one is is Bucks, Jazz, Sixers, Grizzlies, Blazers. Group two is Lakers, Heat, Rockets, Magic, Pelicans. That's that's a pretty good shake for the Lakers too. Yep. You know I, I think Heat, Heat and Rockets w- would be a little tough, but I think they get by those teams. Group three Raptors, Celtics, Thunder, Maverick, Spurs. I think that's a really tough group as well. So in this case, like the, I think the Bucks have the worst tier two team in the Jazz. Yeah. Now that Bogdanovich is out uh but they probably have the best arguably the best tier 3 team in Philly the best tier 4 team in, in Memphis they're right there with, with Memphis or Dallas and then tier 5 i think the blazers at full strength might be the best tier 5 team so it's like yeah, i think yeah, they're yeah, the, they're the bucks they're screwed the, the,
1: the if if you just get the blazers in to me they're the scariest particularly if they're healthy that's the that's the big question there but if they have nurkic i, I don't want them at the bottom of my if i'm the bucks i don't want them in my pool
0: and also in the reseeding you know, one thing that's kind of looming is the potential reemergence of of guys who've been injured. Yeah. and like for the Lakers, if you yeah. recede, they'd be playing the Nets, who could theoretically right. have Kyrie Irving and or Kevin Durant back. Um, you know, it seems unlikely that KD would play, maybe even Kyrie too. But who knows? You know, th- those guys are competitive and when we were ruling out Katie for the season, you were kind of expecting, okay, well, he's not gonna be back by April or, or May, right. but now you're saying late July, early August. Like, I think it's, it's not out of the question. You know, it might be very low probability, but... Yeah, if it's early August, he's got two more months. A lot could change in two months.
1: Now, we're not two months away from, from where he'd need to be ready for the court because you'd have to have training camp and, and uh, you know, some practices at home and then training camp on site, you know, probably in Orlando. It's still very unlikely, but believe me, we can attest to this. If a team from Los Angeles is playing a team from New York in the first round of the playoffs, there's going to be a whole lot of discussion about that Kevin Durant story.
0: Yes, uh, of course. And look, I, I think the Clippers would sign up for this group stage.
1: The other really interesting idea about groups is the possibility that the best teams would get to sort of draft, right? So like your tier one teams would get to sort of pick who is in their pool. That's, that's really interesting. It, again, might be a thing that's just a little too radical, but it would be fun.
0: It would be. Um, You know, I I was just listening to um, the Hoop Collective podcast, and they were talking about this just kind of being, at this point, really a survival season, right? Like survival postseason. And, I mean, you you are trying to just kind of get by and basically crown a champion and, and just move on patch yourself together for a couple months, crown a champion and move on. And that's why I do think to kind of bring this discussion full circle, like it does seem to me the the most straightforward thing would just be to go straight to playoffs. I mean, I, I've been saying that since day one. And that's why the the week after the, the league was postponed, I immediately started doing Clippers Mavericks playoff stuff. Cause I was like, I just don't see, it just doesn't make sense to put 30 teams in, you know, th- there's no incentive as Damian Lillard recently came out and said, like, if they're just going to play, you know, four or five, six regular season games and then go straight to the playoffs, like there's no incentive for lottery teams to really play or have their stars play. Like you're basically recreating the last two or three weeks of the regular season, which we always see guys rest with fake injuries. And, you know, at that point, lottery teams just start playing. their like, you know, second string and, and third string guys, and it just wouldn't really make sense. And on top of it, you're adding all this risk in with with more people, more staff, yeah. Just more risk overall of of contracting the virus, spreading the virus. And it's very expensive as well to to do all the testing and to lodge people and, and the travel and all that stuff. So I think some of the stuff would be interesting. It would be interesting to have a a World Cup style playoffs. It would be fun to have a, a play-in tournament. It would be fun to have a one through sixteen seating and and maybe that's as radical as they get because there, there's no home court advantage now. So you can't really say East West doesn't make sense anymore or that. Yeah. Travel that doesn't travel matter. It's, yeah.
1: yeah. It's it's like, it's not like it matters if, if the Lakers and nets play, it doesn't matter for seven game first round series that they're across the country. I, I understand the idea of like, Hey, let's try something weird this year and see how we like it. Cause the year is weird already. Um, but I think I fall more on the side of the year is weird enough already. So why, why tweak this stuff? Why try this? I think, to me, if you're going to make big sweeping playoff changes, I think it's a thing you say like four years from now, this is what we're going to do. And you give yourself some more runway on it. It just seems like an odd thing to try to do now.
0: Like if you're the Eastern Conference, you have no incentive to agree to the, the 1 yeah. through 16 reseeding. And I think you'd have to have, I believe, 20 of the 30 teams on board. So you'd assume the West would be entirely on board. Uh, but I think it'd be tough to get you know, five to seven East teams to agree to this. That being said, like I think looking at it from from a long term view, I mean the the East does seem like they're gonna be the worst conference for a, you know the next half decade or so. But these things do change. You know, there was a long period of time where the East was the better conference. Um, it has pretty much been since the late nineties. The the West has been significantly better. But I, I don't think you can just say that's gonna be the case the next ten to twenty years or so. So. You know, yes, it might disadvantage me now for the next few years, but it could be a scenario where that flips, and and you do have a big talking point this season at the you know the first month or two was the East had you know matched the West if not surpassed the West. Now I I disagree with that. Uh, I I mean I I think the top of the East is, is comparable to the top of the West. Yeah, but it's where once you get it. you get past you know team five you know once you get past the heat to me I think there's a drop off and yeah. the lottery teams are not comparable even the, the worst team in the West is the Warriors who like are only the worst team because they, they've had injuries like I, I think if if the Warriors were healthy you know th- there would be an even bigger gap between the West and the East so yeah I, I think that that talk you know was premature this season but I do think the East is in good shape. John Wall could be good again someday.
1: Like that could happen. Someday.
0: Uh he
1: could be back. yes, yeah, he has to, he has to come back first. Be a good player again. Uh, the Knicks the can get never mind. That's not that's,
0: no, that's not worth it. I don't know. We we can't. It's <laughs> not get crazy. Yeah. Uh, the the East can sign. I mean, the the Knicks can sign another power forward, which is probably gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you, you wanna discuss with, with the Clippers or a, any playoff thoughts?
1: No, I just, I just want the playoffs. So my, my philosophy on this is I'd probably prefer, I'm intrigued by a one through 16. That is one I think you could just do it this year. The, the, the World Cup kind of thing, the, the pool play thing is just still a little too radical for me. I'd be okay with them trying out a, a one versus 16 or a, a straight one through 16 disregarding conferences. But the main thing is like, we spent this whole season and it feels like so long ago, but we spent this whole season in this city uh, hoping these two damn teams would play each other. And I still want them to play each other. I still want the Lakers and the Clippers to play with something on the line. And if it could be the NBA title, even better if one of them can get past the Bucs. But I-, I would love to see that. I still want to see it. And I just want some format of playoff. I want to have basketball games again. And I I, I finally see a light at the end of the tunnel. And I hope we don't have any kind of crazy setback between now and
0: the time this should all start. And, and one thing to add that I think is... it. Could be a potential compromise to appease the Eastern Conference would be because right now it does seem like the one through sixteen scenario would not be reseeding entirely within the league. It would be keeping the eight playoff teams from both conferences and just ordering those in one through sixteen. So I think some years in the past when when you had the nine and ten seeds in the West winning like forty seven, forty eight, forty nine you know games there might have been a season where you could have had 10 or 11 west teams yes. and only like 5 or 6 east teams so i get that from the eastern conference perspective but if if we can guarantee you know you still have basically your your conference standings and that determines what eight teams from each conference make the playoffs it's just once you make the playoffs that's reseeded into a 1 through 16 format so like this season it, it would make sense to have an la la you know championship those you know two to me are are the best two teams in the league I think that would be the best series, and you know for and look, maybe I'm wrong, and Milwaukee beats one of them on the way to the finals. But like, let's see that happen versus just saying Milwaukee, you're in because you you know you, you theoretically could have two really easy series to, to right. start the East playoffs. Right. So let's just keep it eight and eight, but then you just reseed once you get to the postseason.
1: Right, and this is obviously dramatically different stakes. I almost don't want to compare the two things, but it would align with the way they're doing the all-star game now, which is essentially, you know, you have a draft, but the pool of players is still even between East and West. Um, And so like the East isn't getting anything taken away by them doing this format. They still get the same number of all-stars. They just won't play on the same teams. Uh, It it would, you know, in a weird way, it's consistent with a move you've already made.
0: And honestly, like I I think, you know, to to mention the draft, like it it would be, Great if they just let the teams draft, right? Like you had you, you know, you seed the top eight, and then you go like almost you know blacktop style in in order of okay, Milwaukee, you pick one of these bottom eight teams. Yeah. right Lakers, you're next, Raptors you're next, Clippers you're next. I mean, that would create rivalries. That would, you know, teams great, would take it personally. It'd be a great social media
1: hour of TV, you know, like really it should be a half hour TV, but I'm sure they'd stretch it out to an hour. Um, But that would be a great watching the team's pick uh, would be really fun. You'd probably right now, you'd probably do it on zoom or something, but to have a representative uh, say who they want to play, that would be great television.
0: Yeah, no, that, that would be amazing. I mean, I doubt that that's taking it. uh, There's so many potential (laughs) pitfalls with that of just um, escalating things between teams. And. Oh, but I
1: love the idea of like, like you got a camera crew on the Mavericks, you know, like the, (laughs) like, you know, uh, five guys from the Mavericks have to be on zoom, I guess. Um, but they're like watching their reaction when the Mavericks get picked. It'd just be great. I'd love that.
0: Brett, thank you for hopping on the pod. This was fun. We'll have to do this again soon. Uh, maybe would we have some actual basketball to talk about? For sure. Let's hope we we do very soon.
1: I mean, soonish, we know it's not going (laughs) to be, we know it's not going to be next week, but hopefully as soon as we can get it.
0: Uh, where can people find you on social media?
1: It's at B. Dawson Writes, uh on Twitter, and that's the best place to find uh, all the stuff that I do and stuff that I say.
0: Yes, sir. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha, J O V A N B U H A. If you have not subscribed to The Athletic, I recommend doing so. Uh, we always have different deals and specials going on. You can go to TheAthletic.com/slash Clip City to help this podcast out, help me out. I'll be back next week uh, with. A special guest. It's scheduled for now. We'll we'll see if it happens. But I think you'll like next week's interview. Um, so look forward to it.